Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the BJJ Foxcast. I am your host, Alex Martinez, and today we have a special guest, Josh Cisneros. Yeah, you do. Josh is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He is a multiple-time national champion, multiple-time Pan-American champion, and multiple-time world champion in various belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Hey, man, we'll get right into it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> just about everybody in the grappling world knows who you are. And if they didn't, after they saw the ADCC trials, they, now they know who you are. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about where you're from and how you got introduced to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I'm from a small town, uh, Salma, California. Uh, so not very, very big, but it is pretty big in wrestling. So that's where I first started off was wrestling. Um, so usually we started off wrestling. My whole family wrestles, so I come from a sta- uh, family who won state champs, stuff like that. I didn't really tend to wrestling as well as they did. Um, and so my dad, he used to train in jiu-jitsu probably in the 2000s when um, the Gracies came. So okay. like when UFC first came out, the Gracies showed up and stuff like that. He trained with them when uh, they opened up their gym in Oxnard, I believe. That He trained with them when he was while well, he was out there. But uh, So fast forward, probably like 20 years. Uh, then there's me. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, he always loved jiu-jitsu. He, uh, he just never ha- really had us train. We mainly just focused on wrestling. He's just like, hey, I wanted, you guys want to try out some jiu-jitsu? I was like, yeah. And so uh, we go to this uh, city called Visalia, California. It's about 30, 45 minutes away. Um, when we drive out there, and I get my fir- do my first class, and I get subbed like 20 times that day. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. It's like just a complete opposite of Do you have any video of that? Because I want to watch that. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, it was super, super fun. And I was like, man, I really like this. I want to keep coming. And so we decided to keep going. Um, I think at the time I was uh, 12 years old. I was 12. Um, my older brother, Chris, was there. Um, my younger brother, Jacob. And then my little brother, Caleb, I think he was still a baby, so he didn't really do it. So it was just me, Chris, and, Kay- and Jacob doing it together. Nice, nice. Um, so your dad was, a, if I'm not mistaken, your dad was a, a blue belt under Hoist Gracie? Yes. Yeah, he wow. got his blue under Hoist. Um, but then life hit, and then he just stopped, and uh, he got his job and had to take care of the family. So. Yeah, and how many siblings do you have? I have five brothers. Wow. All boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, your parents deserve a medal. <laughs> so um, so you started wrestling. Were you wrestling in, like, uh, junior high, or early, early, early uh, on? I started wrestling, like, as a kid. Okay. So pretty much my entire life, my, my whole childhood, I'd be wrestling. Um, but it'd be more for just practicing, practicing, because my older brothers did it. So yeah, you know, of we course. did it. We kind of just went into it as well. Yeah, uh, but I ten- I stopped around uh, after my freshman year. Okay, so I wrestled up, kind of did jujitsu back and forth, back and forth, and then I was like, you know, I want to wrestle freshman year. Kind of put jujitsu on hold, and then went on to wrestling. Um, wrestled, I think I wrestled. At, I wrestled at one oh six. So wow. I, I cut from like one thirty to one oh six. Wrestled that my freshman year. It was terrible. It was a yeah, terrible cut. That's a hard yeah. cut. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, it was fun. But it was a terror. <laughs> yeah. I was so grumpy. I was so mad. Um, <laughs> you know how it is when it cuts. Yeah. Uh, after that, placed eighth at state. And then after that, I was like, fuck wrestling. <laughs> I, was, I was done with wrestling. I was I like, love forget it. this. I'm going back to jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so that, that that's pretty uh, that's pretty common, right? When you have mm-hmm. a, a, a competitive kid that, um, you know, they love jiu-jitsu, they love wrestling. We either mm-hmm. lose them when they go, when they, they either get really serious about wrestling and we lose them, yeah. or they quit wrestling and come to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, so you started out in a, in a kid's program. Mm-hmm. And what was the highest uh, rank you achieved as a kid? Green belt. Green belt. Yeah, wow. so I went all the way from white to green. 
Um, I never got a gray belt. Uh, my instructor actually, s- we he skipped us on gray. So he promoted us. We skipped gray and went from straight from white to yellow. Wow. Um, but I believe before, um, there wasn't no gray belt. I think gray belt was added. Yep. So by the time we joined, gray belt was just added. But I think he just promoted us kind of traditionally as well. So we went straight went, uh, from white to yellow, um, I think within like three months. Wow. Okay. Training. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about your, your first instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, just stuff that I've read about your story has been um, really interesting because your dad took you specifically to a very competitive mm-hmm. school right mm-hmm. off the bat. That's what you guys were looking for. Yeah, like there was one in Selma. There was one in our town, a couple streets down. He called and he's like, hey, are you guys like a competitive gym? And the guy's like, ah, there's someone, not really. And then my dad was like, oh, okay, thank you. Hung Go up. next, yeah. Yep. And then he called Tom, the next one, Visalia, uh, about 30, 45 minutes away. Called him and was like, hey, you guys are competitors. Like, oh, yeah, we love competition. We always encourage all our uh, competitors to compete. Like, we, we want them to compete. Yeah. He's like, all right, cool. We'll be there. And then he sh- we showed up one day. And then we literally had a schedule, at, like, right after right after school, straight to the gym. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. And it was, it was like, and then everything from that point on in our lives revolves around jiu-jitsu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and elite team, right? You guys mm-hmm. were part yep, of elite, elite team with Tom. So, yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, Tom Knox is, I believe he's a three-stripe black belt. Maybe yes. four, maybe believe, four. Yeah, yeah, three star so, yeah. black belt. Mm-hmm. And who did he get his black belt from? He got his black belt under Clever Luciano, who's based out of uh, Huntington Beach, California. Okay, okay, yeah. And Tom Knox is also. I mean, he's a he's a one heck of an athlete. I know who he is because he mm-hmm. he beat my instructor a few times in competition. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paul, but uh, but uh, no, I was always really impressed. I mean, it, he's multifaceted. Like any part of his life is really interesting because he was a pro skater since he was a kid right yeah. mm-hmm. and then he came up through the skating ranks how do you know how he found jujitsu uh so he did skating and so he did skating and judo i think growing up as a kid. Oh, okay so because he kn- kind of knew judo um he kind of i think he found just found the gym he happened to be in huntington beach at the time yeah found the gym and then just like oh heck yeah yeah and he just fell back in love with jujitsu and just started doing that from there yeah yeah i think i, I read a story about him about um something happened with his brother or something like that his brother was like a jujitsu guy or, or a judo guy no, his brother was a judo guy uh really really super talented uh i forget what he told me it was uh what do you call it i think he was either on the olympic team or world team yes, for judo that's it yeah. yeah something like that he was really really good super high but level. unfortunately he passed away yeah. like uh, you know just some, some unfortunate stuff yeah yeah and and, and tom has carried on that that mm-hmm. name in, yeah. in judo and jujitsu it's been fantastic and he doesn't know me like he wouldn't recognize me at all but i know who he is so that's i guess that's all that all, that's all that matters um so you came up through the kids team ranks you got your blue belt through tom mm-hmm. right and then tell me about your relationship with tom as far as competition goes. he's a big time competitor too yeah right so oh, yeah. you guys competed mm-hmm. together in a lot of things yeah so literally every competition if my parents weren't able to go it's me and it's, it, I'm in the car with Tom, him, yeah. him, him and his wife. Yeah. Um. So I was pretty much like their kid. Yeah. Um. Because I was literally with them all the time. Yeah. Everywhere we'd go, we'd pretty much all together all the time. Um. So literally, I think it was. I think I would say the blue belt was some of the best years because we would be competing, like twice a month, like almost every wow. single weekend. Yeah. We were competing so much, and we'd always be going here this weekend, come back, tournament next weekend, come back. Yeah. And so it was like it was super fun. I loved it so much. Yeah. Um. And I like traveling, just going up and down California, go out of it. But no, uh, around that time, kind of like just had that really, really close relationship because we still, we spent so much time together. Yep. We'd be in the same. We'd have we'd share the hotel. Yeah. We'd drive up together, and then he's coaching me, and then I, since I was there, I'd be coaching him, and so we kind of built that relationship. And I kind of see saw him as like a, a second father to me. Yeah. Just yeah. because we spent so much time, and th- and then also his wife as well. 
um, we just spent so much time together. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like, um, you know, as far as mentorship goes, and um, I mean, he could probably teach you how to be a professional as well, because he, he had to be a yeah. professional early in his life too, yeah. right? So that's really cool that you had that. Um, tell me a little bit about how you started coaching for Tom, because I think you coached his kids team for a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, so I believe I started coaching in 2016. Um, so I was still a juvenile, but mm -hmm. as a blue belt. So I think they had it because since I went up through the kids' ranks and stuff like that, and I was competing uh, at the highest level, I was traveling everywhere, just competing. Um, he wanted me. He was like, hey, you want to coach the kids' team? I was like, heck yeah. Like, heck yeah, coach. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, like, actually, when I first coached, like started coaching, I was like super nervous. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? My coaching was it was pretty bad. To be honest, like it was it wasn't as good. It was pretty bad. So we um, got the polished. We got the polished. Yeah, you guys get the, yeah, you guys get the polished coaching. Like the, this right. is years yeah. of experience in coaching. Yeah. So like this is like when I just first started coaching, it was pretty bad. Um, my explanations weren't as yeah. good. I would either talk really for a really really long time, or I wouldn't talk enough right. to where they can understand it. But uh, luckily for me, the kids who uh, I was coaching, they were also my friends. Yes. Right? Because I kind of grew up with them yep. without the belt. So I kind of met them. I've known, they, I've known them. They've known me. That helps. Right? So yeah, it really, really did help. Um, but they were super good already. Right? Yeah. So at that time when I first started coaching, we had a super solid kids team. Yeah. Right? And we would travel and stuff like that. And they were all good. But as you know, you know how it is. As you go through the years, they either stay yep. or they kind of find another sport and stuff like that. So they were, people are having, you know, their own stuff, kind of finding their own journey, having different sports and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so like later on in the years, as I was also progressing my jiu-jitsu, you know, they were kind of either staying with it or they're finding something else sure. to do, school, sports, stuff like that. Yep, and I always tell kids, when, whenever I was, I was coaching kids, I would always tell them, you know, uh, we would go to, a, you know, nationals, you know, out of state mm -hmm. or whatever, or any competitions. I would always bring the kids together and say, man, enjoy this moment because this team will never be together again. Yeah. And they always look at me like I'm crazy, right? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, they got 100 years ahead of them, you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, like you said, people find other sports. People get disinterested. When they turn 13, that's kind of when we lose them, yeah, 13, yeah. 14. So, um, yeah, I always tell them enjoy that moment because mm -hmm. it's, it's it, you know, the, the teams change drastically. Look, look at any picture any like in jujitsu if it if it wasn't photographed it didn't happen but you take a group picture from a year ago and half the people in the picture are gone yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um yeah so let's talk a little bit about um some of the accomplishments the accomplishments that you've had which are uh, i mean they're amazing I, i'm assuming you you went through like blue belt you were probably you know tearing through your comp competitions pretty i, I don't want to say easily but you were you probably did really well at blue belt yeah, major majority of the tournaments, yeah, but uh, I think through all my belts, the only tournament I never won was a world title. Wow. It was Gi Worlds. Gotcha. I would win no Gi titles and stuff, <laughs> right. but it, the only tournaments I would not win was, like, in the Gi, yeah. the Gi Worlds. Like, that yeah. was, for some reason, the one thing I just could not get. And what, what, do, you, what do you think happened with those? Um, it was just probably, I would always lose by, like, advantage or mm. rough decision or it just wasn't my day. Yeah. Um, but no, it was always be, like, super, super close. So I'd always, like, either get third second i would yeah. always be right there but i would never get that goal yeah yeah so I, I like, man. I, yeah that's that's so frustrating especially you get to you get to the semis mm -hmm. and lose by advantage you're like man i was yeah, so close yeah, yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah or or for me the closest i came to winning pans uh was the open mm -hmm. and i lost by ref's decision and that that really hurt because yeah. i mean there's a couple of moments in that in that match where i probably could have done something a little bit more aggressive to show that i you know that i was that i was mm -hmm. going after yeah. it but i i just didn't and i yeah. and and those opportunities come and go and they don't come, you know, they don't come back. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. tough. That's tough. But, um, so going to, um, worlds as a Brown belt, I don't want to, I don't mean to skip over things, no. but going to worlds as a Brown belt at, at the adult division, for those of you that don't know in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, especially IBJJF competitions, 
Um, once you get to the rank of brown belt and between the age of 18 and 30, that's the most competitive division in, in sport, right? It, it, brown belt and black belt. Yeah. But getting to, getting to brown belt, these guys are basically fighting for their black belts, yeah. right? Tell mm -hmm. me about that going into those. I mean, that, that's high pressure. Yeah, so like literally almost every match that I had at Brown Belt Worlds was intensely close. Like yeah. it was, it was pre either be pretty close. Um, but no, like at Brown Belt for me, I think I was four or five months in. I might okay. Know. And so I was fighting a couple guys because, you know, at Brown Belt, you're either going to be there for a good while or mm. you're going to be there for, right a for a short while. Yep. You go right through and you're already ready for the black. Because yep. Brown Belt is supposed to get you ready for black. Yep. Because that's when it introduces a new kind of rule set, toll holes, knee bars, stuff like that. Yep. It introduces you into a new rule set. But because, like, uh, so many guys high level, when you compete at Brown, you're getting people from around the entire world. Yep. People are coming from everywhere. And they don't just show up to, like, just have fun. People are there to win. Yep. Right? Um, at Blue, Purple, you're going to get a couple people there who are, you know, there to have fun and stuff. But you're going to get those who are there to win. Super right? intense, yeah. Super intense. But at Brown Belt, every single person in that division is there to win. Yeah. There's no one there to have fun. No one there. They're th they're there for business. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Yeah. So like every match is gonna be super super tough. Yeah, because that's where I mean that's where you get the exposure. Sponsors start looking at you. Mm -hmm. I mean probably yeah. sponsors are looking at people a little earlier now. Yeah. But I mean at mm -hmm. Brown Belt, that's when they're really giving you a good look. And yeah, yeah. you know you could write your own ticket literally mm -hmm. uh, to go anywhere in the world at at, yeah. at that level, right? Yeah, because if you make waves at Brown Belt, it's like oh he's one step away from Black Belt. Like this kid's making waves. He's uh, gonna be like a big you know they kind of create the hype train and stuff like that. It's yep. like, oh he has a ton of hype behind him. As soon as he gets his black, he's going to tear up the black belt division, stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I've looked at several of your matches. I've stalked you. Uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> so I've looked at several of your matches, and I'm seeing a progression in your game. I, I noticed that um, early on, especially brown belt and early black belt. I mean, you, you've been a black belt for a little over a year, maybe? Going Almost, on two years? Uh, going on two years going in, two years. like, August, September. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and I've seen a progression in your game, and it's, it's, it's really cool to see um, because you have kind of a blend of super aggressive going for the kill, and then you also have a very strategic method of going after, mm -hmm. uh, you know, certain opponents. Like yeah. um, the the one the one that comes uh, to mind is the uh, the Pablo Miao fight in mm -hmm. at Pans. That was probably one of the marquee wins, I would say, right? Because yeah. I mean, he's a he's a guy that's been around a long time, and and he's he's in his prime, and you beat him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was like the highlight of my career so far. As a yeah, yeah. No, that was before. Like I was fighting him, we were studying him for. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I literally grew up watching him, everything yeah. he does, trying to learn from him, the ground game, top game, stuff like that. And so when I had to fight him, um, you know, I feel like it was just like, man, this is either going to be it or it's not going to be like, it, it's, it's, it's a make it or break it kind of thing. Yeah. Because like fighting against him, this is either going to prove that I'm at that level to yeah. win and stuff like that at the black belt competition level. Yeah. Or, you know, I still got to you know, kind of break in the black belt, stuff like that, kind of take yep. a couple years, you know, train stuff like that and get to that level. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, when you get your black, it's like, you know, you have these people who are either there or then they kind of have to, you know, take a year, compete, sort of get, gain some more experience to get there and stuff like that. So when I first recall, uh, saw that he was in my division, I was like, oh, man, it's like I, I, I like idolize this guy. Yep. I'm going to fight him. Or, like, hopefully I get to fight him. And then, like, it was, at first it was, like, kind of, like, nervous. Like, man, like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with him. But then as, like, when it came times where I'm about to step on those mats, it was, like, uh, like no one knows who I am. I don't need to be nervous. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, you know, I got nothing to lose. But, no, I was studying him the day before because when we go to pans, like, for black belts, you fight up until quarters, right? And then you don't fight again until the next day. Okay. So I had, like, one fight that day. I weighed in, had one fight. I won my fight. And then, you know, next day I was, like, all right, I got, I got Paolo Miao. 
Paulo Miles are going to be the very first match of wow. the second day, right? He's in my quarters. How do you sleep <laughs> knowing that that's waiting for you? Like, how do you sleep at night when you, I, I don't know, that's like. Yeah, it was, it was a little hard to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty hard to go to sleep. I was like, because I was thinking about it over and over my head. Literally the night before, we stayed up for a couple hours just studying matches, just studying, yeah. watching him, stuff like that, what he does, stuff like that. And I knew he was, uh, like, he, because when he first started, he was insane. You know, they brought the Baron Bolos, yep. inverting, stuff like yep. that. And then at that time when I fought him, he kind of switched to be more top player. Oh, and okay. like insane top pressure and stuff yeah. like that. So like he he can do both. Like he's well rounded. Absolutely, bottom yeah. top doesn't matter where he's at. He has a really good game. Yeah. And so it was just kind of uh, just again just watching him. Yeah. Just studying the moves that he kind of like more of his go to moves and stuff like that. And so just try to like avoid those go to moves. Don't get stuck in positions yep. and stuff like that. No, that's good. That's good. So let's talk a little bit about that. You so you you prepped by watching by watching film. Tell me a little bit about how you prepare going into, I mean, you probably have your marquee competitions, right? The mm -hmm. ones that you're really training for. And then you have a couple competitions that help you kind of, I mean, you have to accumulate points to get the worlds anyway. So you do yeah. those like, um, just, you know, I, I hate to say local, but the smaller tournaments to get, yeah. to get, mm -hmm. how, how do you, how do you prep for those and give, walk me through, do you count how many rounds you do a week? Do you, do you, how do you prep for those? Um, literally just like prepping for the stuff. Uh, a lot of people, um, like in training, I always tell people in training, it's like, Literally, that's the time to risk everything because mm -hmm. you got nothing. It's just training, right? Yep. It's just training. Literally, so like in training session, you're not going to see me, uh, what do you call it, in pulls guard the whole time. Like I'm going to be open. I'm going to be offensive. I'm going to attack because if I get my guard, I don't care. Who I got cares? my guard pass. Yeah. It's just in training. Yep. I get swept. Yeah, I get swept, whatever. Yeah. Um. So like literally like in training, I'm a little bit like I'm way more uh, submission oriented. I'm always going for the sub no matter what. Yep. Because uh, if you lose it, you lose it. If you get it, cool. Yeah. And that's all it is. That's, that's literally how I prepare is risking things, just opening up, trying out new things. Because a lot of people, they they uh, they learn, like literally like with white belts, they'll learn that, they'll learn whatever, something new in class. And as soon as they walk out the door, they just forget it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's just like growing up, just drilling, repetition, and trying to implement it while you roll. Okay. Because okay? if you learn something, yeah, you, you know it, but can you implement it in live situations? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and I think, I think um, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I'm sure there's kids, um, uh, you're, you're, I'm going to call you the assistant kids coach at uh, Aries East Mesa <laughs> yeah. BJJ, Yaya being the, the head coach. And I'm going to get her on the podcast soon, hopefully, if she'll come on. But um, I think it's important for kids to, to hear this kind of stuff because, you know, every time you every time they see you compete, especially at a very high level, mm -hmm. um, everybody's asking, well, you know, how do I get to that level? How do I get to that level? And it sounds like, I mean, you didn't win state four times in a row. Right at wrestling, you didn't come up as some you know phenom kid. You just worked your butt off mm -hmm. and 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 just put in the time. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I remember you telling me a story where you would literally get out of school, ride your bike because you weren't driving yet to the academy, and just that's where you'd be till yeah, close. Yeah, that, that was when I was in uh, in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you were you were basically putting in the time. Yeah. And 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 who did? Did you did you have like a specific training partner that helped you implement a lot of your stuff? Oh, my brother, your brother, yeah, my yeah, brother Jacob. Better, yeah, around the same size. I think he competes at Life Feather. He's a brown belt right now. Okay, um, but no, like growing up, he was my training partner. Every single practice, it'd be me and him. He's yeah. my partner, right? We'd be joined. And he's a beast. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He helped me with a lot of my technique. He'd be teaching me things. Wow, I'd be teaching him things. So like, he's very, he is very intelligent. He's very, very intelligent. Yeah, um, he was valedictorian of his class. Yeah, yeah he's valedictorian. Yeah. He's a very intelligent kid. Yeah. Um. So, like, growing up, literally, uh, we would wake up 6 a.m. before school as kids, right? Drill. Yeah. 
get out of school, straight to gym, drill. Wow. Practice. Okay, we, we wouldn't just do kids. We would do kids and adults. Wow. So for us, because we were allowed to, we did kids and adult class. So we would okay. never just do kids and then, you know, relax, stuff yeah. like that, go have some. No, we'd be do kids, be there for a bit, then do adults, right? Because I believe it was from five to six kids and then from six to seven, 30 adults. So it was okay. back to back. So just oh, two, nice. two hours and a half of training. Right? Yeah. And then that's still so, a lot. yeah, so we would drill, go to school, get to the gym, drill again, then do our two hour uh, kids practice, adults practice, and then drill after the practice again. Wow. And then from there, go home, shower, clean, do some homework, and then go to sleep. And yeah. Then wake up, do it again. Yeah, because uh, I think right now, uh, when kids uh, see you, you know, they see they see the coach, mm-hmm. right? And you're you're just standing there. I mean, just running the class, and they don't see the work that you put in or that you're putting in currently because mm-hmm. you're still going out and training uh, on the west side. You're 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 driving all the way to the west side to go train with uh, with Kishinio and yeah. uh, and Kevin and those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ha- tell me tell me about that relationship with uh, with Q. How did how, how did that how did that so come about? I've known Q since 2013. Um, cause he used to be based out of California in Modesto. Yep. So that was about like two hours, two and a half hours away from where someone was. And so Tom, Tom had a relationship with him and brought him out for a seminar. Okay. Right? And so when he brought him out for a seminar, I was like, we were just amazed with like the knowledge and technique that he brought. I was like, dude, like, I want this guy's freaking amazing. <laughs> right. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so eventually, um, we started cross training. So whenever we could, we would cross train. My parents would take us over there. Um, so, like, as you can tell, like, my parents were very dedicated. Yeah. To us. So, my dad worked, and then my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So, my mom was able to take us wherever we needed to go. That's cool. Whatever we needed to do and yeah. stuff like that. So, they were uh, they were very de- dedicated to us for, yeah. like, learning and progressing and getting better. So, we would cross-train every now and then. So, growing up through the belts, um, whether it be for Pans, Worlds, or any any big tournament that there was a camp for, mm-hmm. we would be there with Q getting ready as well. Oh, wow. Right? So, okay. we would be at the camps and cross-training there uh, just to, like, you know, just to learn a little bit. Uh, get some high level training, yeah. Um, because like guys who go to the camps are guys from around the world, yep. who are all coming together in one spot. So like learn from each other, get some hard high level st- strategic rounds and stuff like that. Um, so just you know just to go there, learn, get some rounds with those guys and stuff like that, and train. Yeah. Um. So like then, so eventually doing that, you know, after a couple of years, that's how I met him, and then eventually, uh, because uh, I met Yaya, my girlfriend. Yep. And so she told me it's like yeah, uh. Q's moving out there. It was like, the word is, Q's moving out there. I was like, nah, he's not moving out there. It's like, yeah. he has a pretty good gym in, in Cali. But like, and then he does move out there. I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, that kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. I know. I was like training with him. Yeah. Uh, so like, then he moved out here. And so uh, me and, me and yeah, like we're planning like, all right, where should you go? Like go to Arizona or you come here to Visalia? Kind of debating and stuff like yep. that. Because yep. we wanted to move in together. Yeah. Um, because again, we were in a long distance relationship. I was based out in Cali. She was based out here in Arizona. Yeah. And so we didn't really want to be long distance. For, or I think we were long distance for like four years. Wow. I think three, four years. And so I was like, all right, like we want to move in together. And so we decided it. And so it just happened. Kishinio was in Goodyear. Yeah. I was like, cool. Kishinio's there. Yeah. Right? If we, like, I'll move there and then I'll, we'll go training with Q. Wow. And so okay. it, it kind of just worked out yeah. perfect for, uh, for us. So I was like, yeah. Because um, I, I already knew Q just from, you know, previous trains. We kind of built that connection. Yeah. And so I told Q, I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm planning on moving out there. You mind if I come in and train? He's like, yeah, dude, heck yeah. Like, come in, stuff like that. And then before I moved, I got my professor's blessing. I was like, hey, I'm planning on moving out to Arizona and training with Q. I was like, what do you think? Like, you, you cool with that? He's like, heck yeah, dude. Like, go out there. Wow. And, was, and so I, I kind of left with his blessing. I was really happy because, again, with Tom and stuff of like course. that relationship, I didn't want to leave on bad terms. And so I, uh, thankfully I got his blessing to go and stuff like that. So I still considered myself a lead team. 
Of course. I've been with Tom from white to black. Yeah. Um, I'm a Tom Knox black belt. Yeah. Um, uh, but now I just have two professors, Tom Knox and Professor Cusino. Okay. Right? Okay. So I kind of represent both teams, elite team and Aries. Yeah. Um, so, but, so I'm kind of the, the bridge between both those teams. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, this, this has come up several times uh, as far as uh, cross training goes. And I've always been open to, to training with uh, my competitors. I really have, like, especially locally, right? I mean, I have, I have a couple guys that I, that I compete with a lot, and we help each other. I mean, yeah. uh, because when, when you go out of town, and let's just say we go to, we go to you know, uh, Worlds in, in Vegas, it's like the Arizona people just kind of huddle together. It doesn't matter what school you're from now. Mm-hmm. Like Arizona's in, in Vegas and we're you know, we're gonna help each other, yeah. you know, we're gonna help each other yeah. win. And that spills over when we come back. Like every time you know, I, every time I compete against somebody locally, it's like, man, I love this part of your game. I love that part of your game. Like, man, come on out and yeah. s- and see us and we'll work on it. I love that in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And I and I really like that Tom was so open to, you know, um give you give you the blessing that, hey man, yeah, take advantage of that opportunity mm-hmm. to go train with Q and then you can be with Yaya and yeah. all that stuff. It's like a perfect package, right? No, like growing up, Tom always encouraged uh, cross training. He encourages the kids to come to his place, our kids to go to other place. Yeah. Just cross training everywhere. There's some people who are like, Oh, you can't cross train this right. you know, we get kinda, you know, a little uh protective over that. But no, like cross training, if you want to go cross training, do it. Like, yeah. Like, heck yeah, dude. Like go learn. You might look because again, you might get a different perspective somewhere else than where you get where you're at now. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, I think people now are kind of just afraid of like losing students over it because yep. they might like some place other than their place. But yep. nah, if it happens, it happens. Like, cause so what Tom was, Tom, uh, he wanted the best for me. Yeah, that's right? cool. He wanted the best for me. If he thinks this is the best for me, he says, take it. He told me multiple times, um, if I get a, if I literally get an offer and it's a really good offer to teach somewhere else. Take it. Take it, yeah. He tells me, it's like, yeah, take it. Um, wow. So, like, no, he really, like, genuinely, he always wanted the best for me. Always wanted the best for him. It's not like, oh, no, you just need to stay here with your gym. It's best, like, he didn't, never did anything that's, like, of course he looks for, like, what's best for the gym. Of course. But it, if it's, like, if it's the best for you, do it. I love that. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I think a lot of that might come from his background in, in skateboarding and being mm-hmm. a professional because um, – as a, I mean, as a professional skateboarder, I'm sure it was a super competitive environment, just like jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and and some people's needs just change, right? Mm-hmm. And they yeah. they change. The, I think Tom was with the same team for a long time, though, right? I mean, he was uh he was sponsored by the same people for a long time. I think he still is. Still is. Yeah. Santa yeah. Cruz skateboard. Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Santa mm-hmm. Cruz. That's cool. Yeah, I skated for a little bit as a kid, but I almost broke my arm, so I, I stopped. Yeah. But oh, <laughs> I I just started skating, and so like, uh, yeah, it was like super massive. Tom is a professional skater, and you just and you never skated with. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I suck at it. I don't want to get hurt. You know? <laughs> yeah, because like skating, you know, it's, it's kind of dangerous. Like you fall, you get, you can get hurt. It's on concrete. Yeah, so there's no jujitsu. There's pads. It's very right. safe. You can control it. But you know, one little rock, you roll, go over that, boom, you fall, you can break something. So like, you know, I never really, um, I was a wuss. <laughs> I never really wanted to try it. I think I was just yeah. too, too afraid to try it. Hey, jiu-jitsu is scary enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, coaching. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Josh is the um, head instructor uh, of our mixed levels team over at uh, Aries East Mesa BJJ. Um, does the evening classes, does some day classes as well. Mm. And uh, private lessons, a lot of stuff in our, in our, in our academy. Um, walk me through a little bit about, um, you know, I... I I'll just f- fill people in. I mean, uh, I approached you, right, to come in and, and, and help us out. We started out with a, I think we we're going to start a 1030 slot. And then, you know, your your training um, kind of interfered with that. So we moved it to a 7 o'clock slot, yeah. right, three days a week. Mm-hmm. But you're still, I think you're still doing 1030 on Friday. Yeah, so. just, just on Fridays. Uh, so, yeah. like, when I first started uh, coming at the time, because, you know, it is it is quite a bit of drive to keep going to gear yeah. all the time. 
Um, I would be going to what uh, I think it was like seven p.m. class and yep. six or seven p.m. class. And so at the time, like we'd be getting back super late mm-hmm. and have to wake up, go over. Because when I first came here, I was still working at In and Out. Yep, I remember so, that. Um, from I wake up at five a.m. in the morning, right? Ten a.m. five to ten, and go straight to the gym to go teach from ten thirty to blah. And then then after that, I'd be able to relax for a bit, and then have to drive out to Goodyear, yeah. go train, and then come back. And then so eventually, um, all of our competitors who are coming down to Arizona, like so, not just Q, like a couple guys started moving to Arizona. You know, because they're chasing life jujitsu too. Yeah, to train with Q, to train with everyone. Um, we kind of were like bringing it to the 11 a.m. class. Oh, okay. And that's why I was like, hey, uh, you know, the 11 a.m. <laughs> class, like that's why I'm like want to start training a little bit. Like you guys mind, right? Yeah. And so that's when we kind of switched it. So now, yeah. that's when I was training, or not? I would be waking up at 5 a.m. to 10, go straight after, go train, come back, and then teach at night. Yeah. Right? And it was a little easier because East Mesa is way closer. As soon as I'm done. Boom, I can go straight home, super, yep. super close. I don't have to make, like, a, a pretty long drive. And then I can just, you know, relax for a bit and stuff like that. So it was kind of uh, pretty good. Kind of kind of wearing them down in the body because then I'd have to – if I got back super late, I'd have to wake up again yep. at 5 a.m. to go Do back it all work, over right? again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, literally as soon as I, like, won pants, right, because I had to work – I was still working in and out. <laughs> right. I, got back from, I got back from pants. I was like, all right, I got to go work in the morning. Wow. Right, I, yeah. up, I had to go work in the morning because I, uh, I was a cleanup shift. Oh, right okay. Now. So, like, I'd wake yeah. up, get, to, uh, get to, to the store and then clean up all that. And then after that, you know, go back to training and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so, that's why I kind of switched. And then eventually I was able to, because, like, you guys brought me out, sponsored stuff like that. I w- now I don't te- work anywhere. I just train, Perfect. teach, full-time yeah. jiu-jitsu, stuff like that. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. our plan all along. Like, yeah. how do we get him to quit his jobs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, no, like, coaching at 7 p.m., yeah, it's freaking, like, yeah. Everyone who comes in. Everyone's there willing to learn. Yeah. We're ready. They want to learn. They want to train hard. So I'm like, yeah, you know, let's push it. Yeah. Let's push the pace. Let's yeah. get a good sweat. Yeah. It, it, you know, when people come in, everyone comes in, we get those classes. You can feel the energy of everyone. Just really, really good time. Yeah, I, I like think I, I think the environment's been been fantastic. Oh, but yeah. but uh, so let me ask you about about your coaching philosophy a little bit. Uh, how, I mean, you, you focus a lot on competition for yourself. But mm. how do you take a person that has never done jujitsu, get them in a class and get them fundamentally sound and then build them up to, into, you know, I mean, cause your, your, your experience is vast. I mean, you're, you're a young guy, but you've been training a long time, um, more than 10 years, right? More 12 years. Something uh, like that. I'm going, no, I think going on 10, 10 years. That's a pretty long time. That's a pretty long time. But how do you get a guy, you know, like I said, um, they, they come in, they know nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you get them from nothing to fundamentally sound and then, and push them into more advanced techniques? Uh, first you guys see if they're willing to put in the hours. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Cause like one hour a day is good. Mm-hmm. You know, one hour a day is good. But if it's like one hour and you're only coming in three times a week, yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot longer. Yep. And, and plus you're going to find those who are talented where they progress way faster than yep. others. So, you know, this, every, everyone has their own journey on it. Yeah. Right. So everyone's going to take their own time and it's, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, but no, they have to be willing to put in the hours as well, mm-hmm. right? So if you mm-hmm. come in from nothing and you fall in love with it, we get a lot of those guys at the gym, and they come in so many times. Like yeah. they keep coming in, they keep coming in. So if they come in about four or five times a week, it's good. Yeah. But if they yeah. come in twice a day, four or five times a week, yeah, it's, they're gonna progress a lot faster. Yeah. Um. So no, just getting them to drill a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, 
Um, so I like what you guys kind of have the uh, the Warrior Challenge, the six weeks kind of yep. you guys go back over and over. So that's good for like for all the newcomers and the people who want to review and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. So what Josh is referring to is we do a, we do a program, a six week trial program that is just basic fundamentals of jujitsu. It's thirteen weeks, and we encourage everybody new to go through that program. Mm-hmm. So we kind of graduate them from that program and then deliver them to you, right? Yeah. But they're they're still brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. six weeks may sound like a long time. It's like mm-hmm. less than a day in jujitsu years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's so much knowledge, so it's good that they when they first come in and like to graduate from that class, they know pretty much what they're doing. Yeah, but they know just the very basics, the very like the very one percent of yep. the entire jujitsu knowledge. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. very little. Yeah, they like they know a good amount, but when you bring them in and like they come into the mix levels, it's like a whole new world opens. up. like whoa, yep. you know. Yeah. Um. So no, it does kind of get, help get them ready. For you know, uh, kind of the moves, the more advanced techniques that we start doing because it, it is hard to what do you call it? Try to keep bringing people up to speed over and over and over again. Yeah. So when they come in and they're ready, it really really helps out. Good. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But no, just to get people from you know being fundamentally ready and stuff like that, they just have to be willing to uh, f- first thing willing to learn. Yeah. Right. Because again, we always people uh, tell people leave the ego at the door. Yep. Right. Leave that at the door. You come onto the mat. You're a student. Stay a student. Don't like. Don't try to think you know, because again, you don't, you don't know. know. You don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Even even now, me, I feel like I don't really know much. Yeah, like, and it, you know, it's funny you bring that up because um, I take a lot of pride in the amount of pressure I can apply to, to someone if yeah. I really put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. But you've been teaching me just little shifts in my hand position or mm-hmm. little turns of my hip or little little changes in my body that drives. It feels almost double the pressure that I'm putting on somebody, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, even even, even as a black belt. I take the, I take the I know out of my vocabulary mm-hmm. and just like whatever whatever you say, I'm gonna try. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try it. Right. Yeah. A lot of the things that you do, my body won't do. It's a little bit older. I'm just saying. <laughs> but but those little changes in, in hand position, hip position, my body can do that. Yeah. Right. And I can apply a lot more the, pressure. The, the, the smallest details can make the biggest changes yep. in jujitsu. Yeah. Literally the smallest details. Right. Just a little a little adjustment with the arm, a little adjustment with the grip, it can change everything. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what we try to uh, what do you call it? Tell our students, right? Try to pay attention to every little detail, mm-hmm. right? Every little detail, because we try to strive for perfection when we're doing the moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? We're not gonna reach perfection, but we try to strive for that. Yeah. Um. So if you don't get perfection, you we want you to you're gonna be near it. Yeah. Right? You're gonna be near perfection. R- pretty okay? darn and close. Good, and that's yeah. really good. Um, so, you know, try to just pay attention to every little detail. I love it. Right? Yeah. And so like you got people who like, they forget two steps. Like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta pay attention. Yeah. And then you get those who are super, super talented. They, it's like, it's like monkey see monkey do for them. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I like this guy. Yeah. You just, <laughs> and, yeah. You yeah. kind of grab so what the heck? Them. Like, dang. Yeah. Um, but no, like just like every little step, you get those really, really hard workers. Um, and they just boom. And then you got those like guys who have to kind of put in a little extra effort, yep. extra hours. And then you get those guys that get it once and then they got it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really, really cool. But it's the guys who keep drilling and the hard working guys, guys got to watch out for. Yeah, for those sure. Are, those are the guys because they're paying, atten- they're paying attention. Like, they're like extra focused when you're teaching a move. Yeah. They're looking at every little step, every little movement, every little grip, every little detail. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what, what I do is, uh, when, when somebody's showing a move, I kind of look at, okay, I, w- I look at the hands and shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then the next move, I look at the hip. Mm-hmm. And then the next move, that you know, you're, you're showing it yeah. several times. Mm-hmm. And then the third time, I look at the feet. And then I kind of put it all together. Because I found if I just focus on one piece, my brain shuts off. Mm-hmm. And then we go, ready, one, two, break. And then I don't remember what the heck you said. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I have to really focus on every little detail, like you said, in yeah. order to keep my brain active. And then when we when we break and go to drill, I, I feel a lot more confident in executing the move. Yeah. Because then, like, uh, we get that a lot, like, with kids. Yeah. They'll watch it, and then you go out to do it, it's like, what are we doing again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, and they're asking a question. It's like, um, I need help. And I'm like, okay, what do you need help with? It's like, all of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you pay yeah. attention? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you sure you did? Yeah. Like, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's like, uh, yeah, because you just got to pay attention. And then it's okay to forget. It's like, of it course. will always be there to help you. Like, we don't get mad. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Just uh, it's like, all right, he do this, this, this. We show him and help him out. It's cool. Yeah. But uh, what do you call it? Just paying attention to every little detail. You're going to get that. You know, you're going to get, you're going to understand the move. Yeah. And when you get those details, you're going to understand why we do those. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to understand why we put our hips this way, why we kind of turn our shoulders yeah. this way, why we kind of leaning, you know, why we have this grip, just stuff. Yeah. You don't just learn the move. You learn why we do what why we, we do. Why we do it. Like yep. Why are there grips? Why is, why do we do these adjustments? And that's, that's the importance. I think that's the importance of people coming to your class multiple times per week mm-hmm. because you can't grab that why when you're trying to figure out the how. Yeah. Right. How do you do it? Yeah. And you don't you, you can't. It's, it's really hard to get them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But if you're showing up several times a week, then you can start understanding the how and you can work mm-hmm. into the why. And then you're explaining yeah. because you do a great job of explaining the move. And then there's times when I notice that li- maybe, maybe in the second week when we're doing the move, like you kind of increase the amount of detail that you're that you're explaining because we've got it right now. We yeah. can move on. And I think a lot of people say, well, I can't show up six days a week. Cool. There's a hack. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The hack is you take a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. You film the instructor doing it yeah. and you study those. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a good yeah. hack for people. Right. Well, yeah. Because uh, I always tell people, especially the kids, because, you know, they can learn a lot because like their minds and stuff, they're still progressing. They're going to yeah. learn a lot better. Yep. Right. And their bodies and stuff they're they can do a ton of moves that were kind of where the older, you know, the adults and stuff like that. They kind of can't do the same, you know. Yep. So I always tell people, don't just come in and train because we know you can't come in all the time. But when you're at home, what are you doing at home, right? That's right. You got a couple of hours at the house. Yep. Um, So we had mats in our garage. Our mat was, boom, filled with garage. (laughs) So we wouldn't just train at the gym because, what, one, two hours a day. They close, too. You can't be there all the time. (laughs) can't be there all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And then so we got mats at the house. We're going to do at the house, right? So, boom, that's what we're going to kind of watch. If you film, you got mats at the house. You can watch. If you got a training partner. For me, I had my brother. Yeah. Um, But if you have, like, a friend who wants to come over, they come over. You guys do it together. It's perfect. Or if you have, like, let's say, like, your wife or your family, your kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, for a lot of people, um, they only train at the gym. Yep. Right? And so that's why um, they don't really progress as fast mm-hmm. because you have other people who train multiple times at the gym yeah. and at their house. Yeah. Right? They train wherever they're at. If they got the time to do it, they do it. Yeah. And right. I, and you got those, uh, I call them psychopaths. Yeah. I got, you got those psychopaths that'll go to, like, four different open mats in a weekend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those guys are getting it in. You know what I mean? And they're getting the roles in, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's great. But if you're not showing up for technique, yeah. all you're being is a tackling dummy for somebody because yeah. you're just rolling. You're, you're not progressing. I don't think you're progressing as much, but it's important to get the yeah. roles in. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I want to I also bring up, um, you've got some upcoming events. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one, the, obviously the, the one that we're all looking forward to is the trilogy fight with Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've fought him, you fought him twice and you guys are one in one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for, uh, for those of you that don't know, Josh is the, um, current champ, uh, current, um, fight to win, uh, pro champ at 155, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you're going to fight, uh, Kennedy who is, um, I mean, he's a son of a legend. 
right? Yeah. And and what's what's I think what's important to 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 uh, to talk about is you know y- y- you come from a good wrestling pedigree, right? Your whole family wrestled. Your dad your dad was a blue belt under Hoist Gracie, um, but he comes from basically a family of I mean his his dad's a legend. Yeah. Right. Korean, so yeah. so there is a there is a difference there. And um, and tell me a little bit about going into that first fight with Kennedy. Uh, so going in there, it was actually pretty cool. Um, because he he is a bit older than me. He's I think he's around the same age as my older brother. Oh, okay. So my brother Chris used to fight him as a blue belt. Oh, and wow. And so now I'm at the level, so he kind of, like, went off, and so Kennedy stayed with it, and so now I'm fighting against Kennedy, so, right? Wow. So now I'm at black, and now it's me and Kennedy going. So going in, I was like, all right, now it's time to really test to see, because I won brown belt Nogi Worlds, right? Yep. I knew my Nogi was pretty good. Yep. Um, I really like Nogi, because, again, it reminds me of wrestling. Yeah. Right? So I, I really like wrestling. I just don't like cutting the weight and, and doing, you know, <laughs> doing competitions. 30 pounds, yeah. yeah. The wrestling training is brutal. Um, so, you know, so I kind of like, I knew I had the wrestling. I knew I had like the top pressure, stuff like that. And then from jujitsu, uh, from doing jujitsu, I've developed my bottom game and stuff like that. You know, um, so going in that first fight, I was like, I was super excited because he took silver ADCCs. Oh, right? wow. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Tankinio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He lost to Tankinio. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it was to really kind of test myself of where my Nogi level is. Cause I, I told, I told everyone, I, like, I want to start doing Nogi more cause yeah. Nogi's like blowing up. It is. Now it's been blowing up, so I was like, I want to do more Nogi. And I was like, all right, here you go. Here's like right away, you and Kenny Mousey. I was like, all right, perfect. Perfect. Let's test it. Yeah. And so I put nine minutes and 30 seconds of just whooping on him. Yeah. Right? Just I put him in so many different submissions, going left and right, blah, blah, blah. You had him in a triangle for a long time. I had him in triangle, yeah. Kimura, Mopata, yeah. and just going back and forth, just yeah. over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, But then I made a mistake in that last 30 seconds. He got my back. And then he got me with a rear naked choke. Yeah, so let, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that because I, re, I was I remember the fight, mm-hmm. and we were going crazy over it. But uh, yeah, there was one moment where f- it looked like you had a little bit of I don't want to say a lapse in in uh, maybe maybe a lapse in, in judgment, right? You kind of let go uh, a little bit, turned your back on him, like you you, tr- you almost disengaged, yeah, right? Because he was ha- he was having like on bottom. I was like, dang, he got some good pressure on top, yeah, right. So I was like, um, if I get to my feet. He ain't gonna get game nothing over, on me, right? Yeah. It's game over. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of thinking. Get to my feet, right? Okay. Push him away. Get to my feet. But because again, it's only this, the only thing that matters in the, in the match is the sub. Sub. Right? Nothing yep. else matters. Yep. So I was like, all right. I'm, I know I've put him in a ton of submissions. There's not really much time left. If I get to my feet, we can reset. But when I can re- probably reattack something, get something going. Yeah. Right. So that was my my mo. I kind of got him off balance. I got him back. To, I released the pressure. As soon as I did, I tried to kick him off, and then boom! I turned to get to my uh, get up to my feet, but he grabbed my foot. Yep, <laughs> I remember. Grabbed that. my foot, pulled himself on my back. I was like, "Crap!" Oh. <laughs> right? As soon as he grabbed me, I was like, "I was like, shit!" Yeah, uh, yeah. So I didn't know how much at the time. I didn't know how much time. It was super like it, people were going crazy. It yeah. was like super super loud in there. Yeah, I couldn't look at the time because like I'm trying to fight. It was off less the back than thirty yeah. seconds. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, and so as soon as he got to my back, he sinked in the rear naked choke. I think someone said there was like only ten seconds left. Yeah, uh, but as soon as he got in the rear naked choke, the rear, I was. Uh, if I didn't tap, I was probably going to go to sleep before the 10 seconds were up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, he got it in, like, really good. And so, like, when the, after that happened, I was like, like, I looked back and I was like, why did I get up? I should have <laughs> just stayed down. Like, if we talked to Q, talked to the girl, like, I should have, like, I could have allowed a guard, but even if it passed my guard, mouth. Doesn't matter. It wouldn't have gotten the yep. Because I had so many submission attempts and so yep. many close submissions on him. Um, so, it wouldn't have mattered. So, I could have just stayed down. Yeah. And so, like, I think, I was, like, when I, like, look back at it after the match, I was like, why did I get up? You know, like, why did I try to go? I should have yeah. just stayed down. You were way I ahead. Was like, I was like, yeah. I'm stupid. Yeah. Um, so, like, well, now when but, I look back at it. it's a learning process, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I just learned from it. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Next time. And so, you know, and then they presented me the opportunity. Hey, it was so good. People loved it. But let's go round two. I was like, 
Let's go around two. Heck how, yeah. How long did you have to wait for that? Um, let me see. Not not long. Okay. Actually, it was, it was pretty like quick, a couple right? months. Yeah, yeah, just a couple yeah. months. Because then he brought it to Arizona. It was here. Yeah, it was yeah. here. He said, hey, we're coming to Phoenix. You know, at Phoenix, Arizona. Because we want, as Seth said, you want you and Kennedy, you can go around two. Like, let's do it. Oh, that's like, so cool. That's like, so I, cool. I, like, I really wanted that match back. Like, I yeah. really wanted that back. Because, yeah. like, I was winning. And cause, so, even though I lost, I kind of, like, looked at it and said, like, dude, like, I just did that to, like, an ADCC silver medalist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You like, belong, did, right? Yeah. So, I know the kind of level on that. Yeah. Right? And so, like, all right, let's go round two. I want to get a win against this guy. Yeah. And so, boom, he brings it here in Phoenix. We get the whole gym goes, a bunch yep. of the adults, <laughs> yeah. the kids. We have a huge Aries East Mesa team there. Yeah. And it's, it's Arizona. I know. I've, and I've been here in Arizona. I've, you know, been visiting here since, like, 2017. I know, you know the a, pre- a pretty good yeah. amount of the community, like, a lot of people out here. Yeah. Right? And so... Pretty much, I have the hometown advantage, stuff like that. Yep. And then kind of the same thing. Um, it was a little different at first because usually first time he pulled guard on me. Yep. So when it came out, he tried to wrestle with me. I, I tried to jump for a guillotine, and he caught my single leg. I fell on my back. And then he went double under his pass and then got close to my back and then went to crucifix. And then we are kind of there in a crucifix for a, a good while. I remember while. that, yes. Mm-hmm. There was a so drunk lady yelling. Yeah, while you guys there was a drunk lady yelling. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, so what do you call it? Uh, it was, uh, we were there for a good while. It seemed like he didn't want to lose that position whatsoever. Right. Um, so by the, probably by the time I got out, there was like half of the match left. Yep. And I was like, all right, he's pretty much winning. And then I was like, all right, it's time to go. And so the same move that initiated the, uh, what do you call it, the my attacks in the first match, hit him on it, it hit him looked, with it again. Yes. The it black looked almost identical. The yeah. black entry. Yeah. Right? So I do have an instruction on that. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the black entry. And so that's like my one of my bread and butter moves yeah. out there. So uh, as soon as I got there, boom, black hole straight to that Kimura trap, reverse triangle, and the whole everyone just goes wild. Everyone yeah. just goes crazy, like oh. And so um, it's like fun fights win. I love the energy they bring. The, yeah, the energy everyone going. Yeah, and for those of you that haven't been to a, a fight to win, um, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say it. It's logoed, and I'm sure it's copywritten and everything, but. Um, it's so much fun, man. It's so much fun to be there yeah. um, as as a grappler, even as a spectator, mm-hmm. and watching mm-hmm. some you know high level jujitsu going on. It, it's a, it's it's really cool to watch. And uh, you've got another. You got the third fight with uh, Kennedy coming up yeah. in so, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in August, yeah. right? Yeah. So like after that second fight, um, didn't get the sub. I kind of after that I just controlled, put him in a ton of submissions, almost subbed him a couple times again. Yeah. Got the win. Got the belt. Uh, and then uh, Seth was like, dude, this is going to be like a freaking insane rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, go back and forth. And so now he's coming back to Phoenix, um, August 6th. It's not set. Okay. Right? It's not set. Um, that's kind of something I want. Yeah. Right? Uh, some kind of something that's going to be talked about and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, probably, hopefully that's what it is. Yeah. But if not, I'll fight someone else. We'll yeah. go like Gi or Nogi. Oh, yeah. sorry. Gi or Nogi, it doesn't matter. But you'll be at 155 putting the title on the line, right? Yeah. Okay. If it's yeah. a Nogi match, 100%. Yeah. Okay. But if it's yeah. a Gi match, probably, uh, I don't know who has the belt at Gi. Probably find whoever has the belt at Gi and go okay. against them. Yeah. Um, but if possible, me and Kennedy trilogy, because I'm pretty sure that's going to bring a lot of ton of heads, ton of views. Uh, it'll just go crazy out here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, the, I think that's what, I think that's kind of what we should do that would be so cool so seth if you're if you're watching by yeah. chance i'm gonna tag the heck out of him anyway he'll watch <laughs> <laughs> i'll make a bunch of clips and tag him in each one yeah. um but uh i want to talk about also um your um adcc trials mm-hmm. um getting going into the adcc trials um you were putting in some work man you were putting mm-hmm. in some serious work and uh, you know I, I guess it's okay for me to say it now you're a little dinged up going in Little, I mean, you had, you had a little yeah. couple of little injuries yeah. going on. Nothing major, but I mean, a little, yeah. you know. But um, 
had a, had a, had a tough weight cut, uh, made the weight. And tell me about going into, I've never been, I've never watched, I've only seen it on flow. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it, what is it like going into ADCC? Because when you look at the brackets, it's like a buzzsaw. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it was huge. Yeah. Dude, this, the ADCC West Coast trials, uh, according to Mo, the biggest trials in ADCC history. Yeah. Right? Almost every single division was maxed out. Wow. I think 256 uh, people in my division, <laughs> including me, right? 256. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I mean, I think I had seven matches. Wow. Right? Seven matches hold out of the tournament. Uh, and jiu-jitsu, that's a ton. Like, that's, that's a, a ton. ton of matches, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think I'm in, like, any sport, that's a ton of matches. That's a ton of matches. Right? Yeah. That's that just a ton. And that's seven in two days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven matches in two days. Um, it had to be two days. Usually trials are only like one day, but this well, one had to be two days two because days. of how many people were there. Yeah. Right. So we had to make it two days and it's, it's, it's ran like kind of like a, uh, it's, it's ran like a wrestling yep. event, like a wrestling tournament. You do the round of 256, the round of 128 for every single weight class and then you go down to the next round, right? Gotcha. Um, so not only, it's like, not like IBJJF, it's you go, your division starts at this time and we're going to run through your division and yeah. then we go next division, next division. So it's kind of like you're going to be there the entire day. So, um, you know, when you go there, everyone has the adrenaline and, you know, stuff like that. They're getting pumped. They're getting yep. ready for it. And then having to wait, right? Being anxious. Like, oh, I just want to get on the mat. Right? Like, for me, when day, I was there, I was like, I want to get on the freaking mat. Yeah. Like, I want to compete already. So, like, having to wait a couple hours in between, um, it was cool. But it's like, man, like, can we get this over with? Cold. Like, yeah, you yeah. kind of get cold. You yeah. got to re-warm up and stuff like that. Like, I want to get it going. Yeah. Right? Um, but, no, that tournament was super fun. Um, I love the ADC. That was my first time competing in the ADCC rule set. Oh, I didn't right? know that. So okay. that was my first time competing in that rule set, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Right. And it, it ADCC really favors wrestling. Yeah. Like it really encourages wrestling. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I got pretty good wrestling, right? Yeah. Um, it's like heck yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, so like going in, I think I had what five subs. Yep. Out of uh, seven matches. Yeah. So I, uh, I felt like I was I was pretty much on fire. Yeah, right? you I just were felt on fire. You were, uh, and um. I, I don't know if you got like uh, if there's like a sub of the weekend or whatever, but your your submissions were spotlighted in a lot of videos. Dude, that, might, that might be a sub of the year. <laughs> sub of the year, man. <laughs> that might, that yeah, might yeah. be a sub of the year. And you got it twice, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, twice. So uh, for those of you that that are not familiar with the ADCC, it's the Abu Dhabi Combat Club, I believe. Yeah. And it's basically the marquee nogi event of the year, and mm -hmm. there are trials all over the world, and you actually have to win the trial to qualify for the ADCC mm -hmm. that's coming up in September. But there's also a, um, there's like a list of in invitees, right? They, yeah, they invite so some there's, people? there's, it's a 16 man bracket for the world championships. Um, so there's eight man or 16 man bracket, eight who are trials winners and then yep. eight who are invites. Yep. So you just get like a huge 16 of the best in the world in, in Nogi, right? Eight who won the trials and then eight who went, who are invited. Yeah. Um, so I didn't win the trials. I got seven out of the trials. Yeah. Right. And I lost to Keith. Uh, Keith Kokorian. So, but I made a very, very good impression that uh, what do you call it? That's like, hey, it's like we like we're looking at you for as an invite, yeah, um, for ADCC. Well, anyone that gets five submissions in seven matches is gonna get an invite. I'm I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I totally expected yeah. you to get the invite. But it it was not only that, but because of how I fought and the way I fought with Gianni Grippo, because yeah. Gianni Grippo is an ADCC multiple time ADCC veteran. He's been there. Yeah. He's won trials and stuff like that. He's been yeah. invited multiple times. And but just the way that uh, I mean, I like I, I I pretty much controlled and dominated throughout the match. Yeah. Right. And then I got the sub at the end against them. Yeah. Just the way that happened and the, like kind of the way I fought against them and stuff like that and the result I got on them. 
I think that's probably pretty much solidified. Yeah. It's like, man, it's like you just did this. This guy's been to ADCC how many times and like done super well against multiple people and you just did that to him. Like that's kind of the, yeah. the mindset they had. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a big deal. And you fought several guys that are a big deal. I mean, you, you fought mm -hmm. some really good, really tough competitors. But um, so let's talk about that submission. And I want to thank you for not doing it to me or anybody in the academy. <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk a little bit. Tell me about the setup to that sub. So I would do it off of a shot. So at first, when I first did it against a guy, um, my first match, I didn't know who the guy was. Um, that was just to see if it actually works. <laughs> I've never done this in training. I knew it was a move, but I never tried it personally myself. Yeah. Because it's kind of a mean thing. I don't want to hurt no one in training. Right. It, is, it is something that you can really hurt someone. You could, yeah. Right? And so I was there, and I was, I was in the back. I was on his back for a good while. We were just mm -hmm. hanging there. I was like, man, time's kind of ticking down. I'm not getting the hooks. I was like, let's go for it. Let's try it out. Yeah. Let's see if it works. And then I did it, and then that one went viral. Yep. Um, and I got the sub, boom, I tore his hamstring, yep. like his hamstring tore. And I think in the video, if you saw it, you can just see it. Yep, and like I his, saw it. Yeah, his hamstring just sh it shakes. Yeah. Um. So after I got it, I was like, cool, it works, <laughs> right? It works. And right. then, uh, so I got it, that one went viral, it worked. And then, uh, so I do it off of the shot. Uh, my outside single, they turn in, boom, yeah. I kind of club them, run the pipe. But in ADCC, if you turn out to your knees, it's considered no takedown. So oh. a lot of people, that's why they turn out to their knees instead of staying in the back or trying to go. They just turn out. They allow you because people, they practice escaping the back and, like, not giving up the back. Yeah. And, and when you get sweaty in nogi, it's a slip and slide. You yep. slip off of it. It's very, very easy to slip out of it. Yep. Right? Um, but, you know, I got one hook in, uh, power half, holding it, get to the other side, grabbing the ankle, rip on it. Wow. So you just, it's the same movement as you do for a knee bar. Yep. Right? Yep. But I'm just pulling the foot above your head. Yeah, and it's basically going, going, um, Across their body, basically, right? Ac yeah, up in their chest, and you're mm -hmm. pulling like mm -hmm. towards the head. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I did to get it on the first one. I was like, okay, I like that's kind of like my bread and butter for wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, and then once I did it against Gianni, I did it against Gianni. I hopped on his back. I was like, oh, I know what I'm going for. Yeah. Right. And round two, let's 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 go for it again. And so, boom, I got it on Gianni, and his thing tore. I think he's getting surgery and stuff on it and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a, and, a shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, I I follow him on Instagram, mm -hmm. and I mean, he's. I, I, what I what I like about you know the 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 message that he's spreading is like yeah this happened and just watch me come back yeah so that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. so like doing it uh, it's like I'm not I mean I am trying to hurt you know of course, it's jujitsu right? it's, jiu it's like yeah. it's not my intentions but hey like I'm trying to win yeah right if it yeah. happens it happens yeah I'm like I'm sorry but uh like during that time in the match sorry yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. about that um. But no, getting it, and then that one went viral because uh, that match, the way they did this, I think semifinals and finals and like third place matches, it's on one mat in front of everybody. Wow! So they do, they did because uh, Seth was on it. Seth, Sean, uh, Sean Fowler, Hanato, uh, and then Mo. Mm -hmm. So those guys, yeah, right, they ran, it. and they kind of ran the semifinals and finals like it was a like a fight to like win. Like a fight to win, yeah, yeah, yeah big so production, walkout, yeah. big production, lights everywhere. Uh, yeah. Music and it's it was pretty, it was really really cool. Yeah. So doing it and just one big mat, the venue was like completely sold out. Ton of people there, right? And so boom, I got on that. The crowd just goes crazy. Yeah. I hit that. And then on social media, I was like this guy hit it again. Like what the heck? Yeah. On, on so, Grippo too. I yeah. Mean, and it's not only deal. hit on someone. It's like hit it on Grippo. Yeah. Like, it's pretty cool to do that on, on someone like of his caliber. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So just like hitting that, and I think that kind of like just made the highlight of yeah. that tournament and stuff like that. Um. And then going into the finals and losing the finals, uh, it was uh, it was kind of like bittersweet. Yeah. I had a really good run, but it ended like that, which kind of sucked. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it was, a, I believe it was an inside heel hook, and yeah. you already had, that foot was already injured. That foot was injured yeah, uh, yeah. previously. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm saying it because I know you'll never say it. You never mm. talk about losses. You never talk about, you know, being injured. You never make an excuse. You're always really, really humble about uh, wins and losses, and mm. uh, I really m- admire that about you. But when I saw that inside heel hook, I, Chris and I, you know, we and Cohen and everybody, we're always texting each other, and mm. and you know, we we knew you were you were you were already that that foot was already a little dinged up, right? Yeah. Maybe your third match. Yeah, it, it was dinged up, and uh, so that's why I had to get tape on it. And I don't want to tape one foot because right. if you tape one foot, people are like it's a target. Yeah, I was like, oh, something's <laughs> wrong with the foot, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I'll just tape up both foot. But like the thing is, like if you tape it, it's the friction, right? Yeah. You can't really slip out of things. So. Yeah. Uh, when he caught it, I felt it. I was like, "It's there." Yeah, it's yeah. there. It's like ah, I got to tap. Yeah. It's like, do I risk it? Do I like try to fight it and try to escape and potentially hurt myself? Because uh, again, it's on. You know, it's on the leg. I hurt that leg before uh, a couple times. We've yeah. seen like with my knee yep. and stuff like that. And now the the ankle is hurt too. At yeah. the same time, I was like, "Yeah, let's not risk it." Yeah, and I think you were lucky because, and I hate to say luck, right? An injury is an injury, but you were kind of lucky that, you know, an, a heel hook hurt your ankle and not your knee again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And had you held on and maybe something popped, you yeah. wouldn't be doing ADCC, even if you won, mm-hmm. right? You'd be, you know, it'd be something yeah. really bad. So, so. I, I just, because, like, yeah, I did have, like, really bad, uh, you know, the past couple of injuries. Yeah. Those were pretty bad. That put me out of a couple of tournaments. Um, so I just didn't want to, like, have to re-go through all that again. Yeah. I'd rather stay healthy and then, you know, see about the next one. Yeah, and and um, the the cool thing is, is you you got the invite. Yeah. So so, so yeah. tell me how tell me about how did that happen? How did you get the invite? So there's one invite left, right? And then, you know people are saying that, uh, a lot of people are saying me. You know everyone yeah. don't they don't like AJ. Yeah. Um, but like AJ's really popular. He's he took silver medal. He right, silver medal uh, ADC 2017. So he is you know he's yeah. legit. Well, the thing um, about AJ is, uh, hey, it may be who he is, but. Yeah. Anybody who pisses that many people off is going to get eyes. The, yeah. the people are going to watch, yeah. right? Because they want him to lose or yeah. people that like him want him to win. So mm-hmm. good on him, man. Like he yeah. knows how to attract attention. Like yeah. good for him. So, yeah. yeah. So it was uh, between me and AJ. Um, but come later on, um, what do you call it? Ryan Hall got injured. So wow. like Mo, Mo told me, it's like, hey, it's like no matter like where he gets invited, just be ready. Someone will get hurt. Someone yeah. Like blah, blah, blah. So all right, cool. Yeah. Um, but like uh, well, someone got hurt and then two invites were open. And Mo says, like, it's you and AJ. Did he, he literally said, hey, can I call you? So I, like, I woke up, did some stuff. I saw on social media, I was like, oh, Ryan Hall got hurt. I was like, oh, really? Wow. You know? Yeah. He got hurt. Like, that's very unfortunate for him. Yeah. But, you know, it's pretty fortunate for me. Yeah. Um, Just because, like, a spot opens up, it kind of guarantees and solidifies it, right? Yeah. I'm like, it, it really it sucks that he got hurt because everyone want, really want to see Ryan. Yep. Um, Stuff like that. He's a, he's very intelligent. He's a genius in jiu-jitsu. Um, but what do you call it? When he got hurt, I like, first thing I see, I get a... Notification is like, hey, can I call you for Mo? And I was like, I think I might know what this is about. <laughs> right, so he calls me. I was like, hey, what's up? Blah, blah. I was like, you saw, I don't know if you've seen yet. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And he's like, it's like, do you want the spot? I was like, heck yeah, heck I want the yes, spot. Yes, man. Like, yes, yeah. I want the spot. And so I was like, all right. So uh, what do you call it? It's going to be you and AJ. These are your spots. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, and then he just said, like, yeah, we'll get it going. And then I'll probably announce AJ first because he, he said he, because like literally so many people on all his lives and posts like this like just know Josh like do a little Josh blah, blah, like like yeah. just, like forget AJ go with Josh uh, so if you wanted to troll he's like let me troll these guys a little longer and then I'll post you I love I was it like, oh, okay <laughs> he, he, Mo Mo is super funny he's super funny hey man he's they they know how to attract attention yeah. man that's really mm-hmm. cool yeah and and you're gonna bring a big big crowd in. Um, and like I said, man, you didn't come from one of the big box schools, right? You know, that you talk about the AOJs and the Autos and also they produce a lot of awesome competitors. And I, yeah. I YouTube 
all of them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I follow a lot of those guys on Instagram as well. But coming from a small school out of, uh, is it Visalia? Did I say that right? Visalia. Yeah. Coming out of a small school in Visalia, coming over to Arizona. Uh, again, we're not, you know, yeah, we have a big association, but we're not, we're not a giant school. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, you know, making it to the ADCC, I'm super proud of you, man. That's really, that's hey, a big man. accomplishment, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to transition a little bit. I don't know how to transition, so I'm just going to do it. So, um Let's talk a little bit about your instructionals. You have um, several instructionals that are on uh, that are available on uh, BJJ Fanatics, right? Mm-hmm. And then you also have some with uh, Jiu-Jitsu X. Yeah. And and for those of you that don't know and then want to get into the instructional piece and want to um, uh, study uh, film, you can get a free membership to each one of those websites, and then you buy the instructionals, and they're yours forever as long as you keep yeah. your username mm-hmm. and password. Because I always forget mine. But you can keep uh, you can keep a library of several. I mean, high level. Um, uh, black belts teaching a really really good technique anything from super basic stuff yeah there's even stuff in there to do like um i feel like i'm doing a bjj fanatic commercial but there's stuff that, are, that you can do for like um you know um individual drills yeah uh you know team drills for uh for real uh basic stuff and then as advanced as you want to get so you want to talk a little bit about your instructionals yeah uh i just have a couple just uh one from uh one in the gi Actually, like a couple nogi and then nogi and stuff like that. I just came out with one recently with the nogi because from West Coast trials that like blew up. Yeah, I was getting some people like, "Hey, instructions on this." I was like, "All right, yeah." Like, yeah. So like, tell me about that one. What what can people find in that instructional? Uh, that one's gonna be more uh just nogi based, kind of like those who like really like ADCC rule set that yep. kind of competition style. Okay, it's really gonna be meant for those who want to do kind of that. Okay, because again, it is kind of based off of that. And then just like nogi submissions and stuff like that. Nice. So if people want to learn like the black hole entry, yeah, that's gonna be on there. That the the Sula stretch. Yep. That, that that's gonna be on there. And just like attacks from the back, attacks from like knee slice into because that's that's usually what I do. I like to be a top guy passing, yeah. and then not just passing but attacking submissions as I as I do it. Nice. Right. And then I just have a couple like uh Lugie ones on BJ Fanatics. Uh, a lot of that goes over like I'm a plot and stuff because that one kind of went viral over at uh, at Pans. Yep. Um, and then on Jiu Jitsu X, some new stuff that I've been working on. And then on Jiu Jitsu X, I kind of have one that's like a uh, kind of like a fundamental one, a oh. close guard. Okay. It's high level close guard that you know you can do it because again, close guard is like the very first thing that you learn. Yep. Like as a white belt. Yep. Right. So it's kind of perfect for anyone. Yeah, I I actually uh, I tell my white belts that um. And, and especially older white belts, like, if you can, if at all possible, get somebody in your clothes guard. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can slow them down. It really, it's almost, I, I don't want to call it an equalizer, but it really slows people down and um, allows you to play a little bit, yeah. you know, at, at get, get them to your level for a, however long that lasts before they pass your guard. Yeah. So, no, like, clothes guard, that's, like, the most basic guard, but mm-hmm. it's always used at the highest level. Yeah. You always see people using it at the highest level. Yep. So, like, I use clothes guard a ton, and I really, really like clothes guard. Um, but it, it just like where you're a close guard, you're com- on complete offense, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. the guy's just trying to get out of your yep. guard. That's that, what it is. He's trying, to, he's trying to open up your guard and pass. Yeah. So that's what his focus is. But you can't really do that as much if you're also throwing up submissions and attacks and stuff like that, breaking postures. So yep. I always say for people, close guard, because if you don't get in the close guard and you just like try to pull and open, people are going to be going left and right, yeah. getting, you know, kind of a little crazy, hopping yeah. over misdirection and stuff like that. It's really hard to control them, you know? Yeah. So get the close guard to slow them down. And then now, that they slowed down, they have to build up to right. get to that, right? Right. And then yeah. as they're building up, you're in your close guard, you're throwing your attacks and stuff like that. So close guard, I love close guard. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me a little bit about what you have um, in the future. I know you got several events coming up. What what is it that you want to do? It, let's say you know what's Josh going to be doing five years from now. Are you looking to open an academy of your own someday, or what 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 is yeah. it that you want to yeah. do? I, uh, I plan to open up a gym. Okay. Um, I think right now we're probably looking at like Hawaii. Oh, nice. To open okay. Up a gym. Sweet. Um, it's not. It's not. 
uh, set yet, but we're still being open. Me and Yaya, we want to open up a gym together. Yeah. And that's always, I think that's pretty much the goal for every jiu-jitsu, everyone that does jiu-jitsu. Is Absolutely. Like, you know, compete, um, and then eventually, you know, owning a gym. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm already doing it now. I'm giving back knowledge yep. that was shared to me. 100%. It's, it's just a cycle. Yeah. People like, whatever you learn, I just want to get back to the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah. Um, and, but no. and, and I think there's a, there's a lot of people that are being inspired by you and Yaya in, in our academy now that uh, that you're you're going to you're gonna affect them for, for years to come, and maybe they'll be opening an academy of their own someday. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty yeah. cool. So, so. Uh, so, yeah, just open up academy. So, right now, just competing, having fun, getting all that out because, uh, you know, if I get my titles, cool. Put that on the resume. Yeah. Really cool. So, I'm just enjoying it. Use, I, I, I kind of use jiu-jitsu as, like, an excuse to travel. <laughs> I love traveling. I love seeing the world. Yeah. Go see different places. And jiu-jitsu can take you there. 100%. Like it can take you to different places and stuff like that. Um, so that's like that's like one of the reasons why I fell in love with jiu jitsu. Yeah, right? it's 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 really awesome. You can do it whether you're a kid or whether you're seventy years old. Yeah, right. You can do it. It's, it's, it's something true. for everybody. It's absolutely true. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have a lot of excuses as to what they what they can or can't do, and really, I mean, I started jiu jitsu when I was forty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll be fifty this year, and I'm still doing it. And yeah. it, it, I'm, I, I'd argue that I'm better today than I was at forty. I'm in better shape. Uh, physically and mentally, yeah. and I owe a lot of it to jiu-jitsu. It's, 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 it's just something that you're not only learning, you know, it's not like a, a new skill that you're learning, it's it's working out. Yes. It's another, it's another uh, you know, option to exercise. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, some people, they don't feel it, but, like, when you're training, you're doing drilling and then rolling, you're losing you're losing weight, you're yep. exercising. It's a, it's a really good form of exercise. It doesn't even feel like it. Right. But you are exercising. Right. right? And, it, and it makes you focus on, on a lot of different things. Like, if you're going to train hard, uh, you know you're going to have a hard training session. You're not going to go have a hamburger at lunch. Yeah. You know, if you're 50. <laughs> you might get away with it. I can't yeah. get away with it. But uh, you're going to drink more water, right? You're going to start taking care of your body. You're going to think about decisions that you're making throughout the week and that are going to help you prepare for those tough training sessions because it takes me a hard training session, take me a couple of days to recover from. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can recover in 10 seconds. I cannot. But, uh, but yeah, you know, a little bit about the travel. Um, and I want to I give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your sponsors. Do, do your sponsors help you with the, with the travel expenses yeah. and stuff like yeah. that? How does that work? Um, so, literally, uh, like, when your sponsors, they hit you up, stuff like that, you kind of cut, like, a deal. Yeah. Them, right? It, it's, it's just a deal. Yeah. It's like, hey, you represent us. Well, we'll give you kind of this, 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 mm-hmm. um, depending on, like, what you feel your worth is at the time. Yeah. Right? Um, that's what you get. So, like, I kind of have it with all my sponsors to where they're kind of, like, helping me out with competition. They're paying me and stuff like that. That's good. Um, that's so good. Um, just, like, that's how it is. And that's what every athlete is trying to get, a yeah. sponsorship. Yeah. Right? And so not everyone gets it. Um, a couple of people they have because they kind of have chances to get to that level. Yeah. And, like, yeah. to, you know, because, again, jujitsu ain't cheap. We right. know that. Right. It's, like, yep. it does to compete, to travel and stuff like that. It all costs money, the hotel, the yeah. plane, tickets, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, thankfully for me, I've kind of uh, cemented myself as someone, like, someone mm-hmm. who's, like, uh, was people who want to sponsor, like, oh, they're looking at this guy. Yeah. Right? So, you kind of have to cement yourself on top to be, you know, entertaining. People want to watch you. Yes. If you get people yes. to watch you. You know, sponsors are gonna want to like, hey, all you got all these people watching you. Yep. Like you want advertise this. You know, we're gonna give you this in return. Yeah, and and you know, it's um people people today. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of like uh, instant gratification that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. That hey, I won. You know, I won nationals as a blue belt, so I I think I should be spon- Someone should be calling me, mm-hmm. but. It really, it's, it isn't built there. I think what you said in the beginning of the podcast when you were saying that, you know, you and your brother are, are training, you know, at six in the morning, yeah. going to school, and then training, you know, for two and a half hours in the evening. Mm-hmm. That's where the sponsorships are built. Because 
if you don't work hard, I guarantee it's never going to happen yeah. for you. And mm-hmm. if you even even if you work hard, it may not. But you're giving yourself a yeah. fighting chance, right? Yeah, I know. It's like uh, it's that if you're working hard and you're winning all this stuff, so like dang, this guy's beating them. Yeah. This guy's beating them. Like wow. Yeah, you just know? relentless, yeah. right? Yeah. And so like I kind of see myself as someone who's like doing that. Yeah. But. I I always want to do it that I'm winning in in a very entertaining way. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't want to win where it's like, uh, we're just old, we're not really moving. You know, yeah. It's a very boring match stuff like that. I never want to have a boring match. I always want to have a fun because right. when it's entertaining, it's going crazy. I'm having fun. I love to have fun in yeah. too. Right. Crowd goes crazy. Yeah. The you crowd go goes crazy. crazy. Right? It's it's just the energy. It's it gets addicting. Yeah. Right? So I kind of want to be a guy. With, I go out with a mentality. It's like it's like sub or be subbed. Yeah. Right. Never gonna see me just holding down, holding, holding, yeah. holding. See, you're making my argument for AJ. He knows how to get people to watch him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So if you guys like, just it, it's that's just what it is. Like whether whether I win or lose, it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah. And so that's what people are gonna get people to watch. That's cool, right? man. And that's how it is now. Uh, like from what it is, no gi and gi, um, mainly no gi. That's how like it's getting it's getting to the point. Yeah. Um, people want to watch entertaining fights. Yeah. They don't want to see. Um, strategic as as much strategic like the hardcore jujitsu guys like we understand that yes but if it's someone who's new to jujitsu like yes. they're just coming in and they're watching it they're like what the heck is happening yeah you know? like they're not really understanding so a lot of people now it's like we want to see submissions yep. we want to see you know movement yeah um, just like, like the casual fan. exactly yeah the casual fan yeah. so that's that's one thing that I always say like I, there's somebody in the jujitsu world that's way smarter than I am yeah. that's trying to figure out how to get that casual fan to watch. And, and you make it you make it the perfect point because if the casual fan sees like a flying triangle, they're like, ooh, I don't know what yeah. that was, but that, that was really yeah, cool. That was yeah. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's just what it is. I just that's just my goal is to be entertaining. That's cool, like, man. Just be entertaining. That's all it is. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. So last thing I do uh, in the podcast is I go through a lightning round of questions. Yeah. And um, there's no wrong answers. Just uh, tell me the uh, first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Uh-huh. All right, so name a game show you can actually you think you could actually win. Family Feud. Family Feud, nice. Um, what's your favorite cheat meal? Pizza. Pizza. What's the longest you've gone without brushing your teeth? Probably like two, three days. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like honesty. Most people are like, oh, I brush them every day. Bullshit. <laughs> Nobody does that. All right, so uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Mm. If you if you absolutely, <laughs> gun to your head. I've never gun, done karaoke. Gun to your head. Uh, gun to your head, you got to do it. Shoot, I'm probably gonna go something with Eminem. All right, uh, all right. Probably lose yourself. <laughs> lose yourself. I like yeah, it. Probably lose yourself. All right, we're, we're gonna hold them to that, uh, just <laughs> folks. Just so you know, we're gonna hold them to it. All right. So, uh, a dumb song you actually like, hmm. like secretly, thing. you would never play it out loud, but you secretly uh, like this probably, song. Uh, oh, no, there's a song. There's like a story of this song, uh, Havana. <laughs> Dude, my, my niece and brother, yeah. yeah, I stayed over, and my niece and brother played that the entire night on replay. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what the heck? Like, do you guys like any other song? <laughs> That's kind of catchy, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, do you like to sleep in or nap? Both. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. DC or Marvel? Ooh, Marvel. D- would you rather travel into the future or back in time? Back in time. What is your favorite childhood TV show? Avatar that last airbender. Nice, nice. All right, guys, that's all we got. So um, before we wrap up, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Yeah, uh, I only have one social media, just on Instagram. Okay. Uh, Cisneros underscore Josh. Okay. Uh, just on there. But other than that, uh, oh, that's it. That's it? <laughs> all right. So uh, listen, everybody, if you, please follow Josh, uh, Cisneros underscore Josh on Instagram. And um, he's all over YouTube. 
Uh, check them out on Jiu-Jitsu X and uh, BJJ Fanatics. And uh, Josh, man, thank you so much for your oh, time, brother. You. Appreciate yeah, you. Appreciate it. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. Hey.